Hey everybody, it's McCray. Um, just want to say that uh, this is me and the doctor uh, at Dr5G on Twitter. Um, this is our submission for the Buzz Tank. Uh, our show is called Biz Buzzer. Our guest is Catherine Dunn. Um, and yeah, this thing, I edited a whole lot of it and uh, the full version will be available soon. On behalf of the good doctor, uh, I'm McCray and we hope you enjoy it. You uh, you have your own podcast. Uh, you should just plug it right now. What's your podcast? My podcast is Conspire Away Bitches. Um, actually, so I'm doing uh, interviews with the evicted house guests this year, but I'm also doing another episode every week where I interview you know random former house guests. I just interviewed with Adam Jasinski, the winner of Big Brother Nine. That's why I wanted to bring this up. That's was, right up our alley. No, <laughs> yeah. was, like talk about the most fascinating person slash most fascinating story you've yes. ever heard. He told um, me about like how he smuggled his pills into the Big Brother house. And, like, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, so, and like for I the people that don't know, uh, this is a previous winner on season nine. Um, it's a guy that basically, uh, you know, he got in a lot of trouble while he was in the house for the things that he said in the house. Um, he then went on to win the show. Him and maybe the fourth place uh, person from that season, they started to like get into an Oxycontin ring and they basically were selling drugs using the money from Big Brother. The feds found them. They got in trouble. They went to jail. Um, he has a good story to turn around. Um, you can hear about it on. Yeah, I mean, this is an A24 movie waiting to happen. Oh, no. No, but, okay, so it's even crazier than, like, what you, how you just explained it's crazy. But, yeah. like, from what I found out about him when I was interviewing with him, it was even crazier because, come to find out, he had been selling drugs since he was 13 years old because oh. he was like, I'm not going to just, like, take the drugs. If I, like, I want to make money off of it. So oh. he would, like, buy the drugs in bulk, then, like, turn it around make a profit off of it. Um, and then he, like, I, he said that he was – you know, doing drugs pretty much every day until he became clean when he was in rehab. Also, something that he didn't really disclose is he had gone to prison for drugs before going into the Big Brother house, Whoa. but it was in France. So I guess oh. it wasn't on his background <laughs> check. Whenever it of course, it was in France, you know? Yeah. Jeez. No, he, he, he had, without, I guess, spoiling too much, how did he get the pills into the house? Okay. Because otherwise, typically, the the like producers have to give you medication, right? Like if you take medication, they give it to you, right? Yeah, and we talked about that on my podcast because I have ADD. So I remember every morning I would have to get called to the diary room. I would go upstairs. They would literally like have like one little pill in a baggie for me. And yeah. I would like take the baggie, like, you know, I'd take the pill out of the bag, eat, like, you know, eat it, but you know, take it. It, I, it was so <laughs> weird because I was like, I'm an adult and I can't even yeah. take my own medication. Yeah, it's like you're in a psych ward in a movie. On my own. But anyway, so he, um, he, I mean, he really did it. Like, I kept asking him, how did you get past the drug dogs? He's like, I don't know. I just did. And I was like, that's wild. <laughs> but um, he- What drug dogs, in, though? They, yeah. they say they have drug dogs, but, like, yeah. I don't believe that. I think that's a fear tactic. Still, know? kind of flying by the seat of your I pants saw, the whole time. I saw the dogs when I was oh, going right? into the house. But they might have just been bomb dogs. I don't know. That's but, um, <laughs> he, he dug a hole in the pomade of his, or dug a hole in his hair pomade. That is How brilliant. many could he get in there? He said that, so he like dug the hole in his hair pomade. And then he said that he would just be like, you know, like in his towel. Like, you know, it looked like he was just kind of digging his hair. But he would like get a pill. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's smart. I, uh, 
I, uh, he, he thought out the delivery, like not only to get them in, but to like slickly take, like put it in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an entrepreneurial man. If I've ever <laughs> it really he, is. He, he is brilliant. Um, yeah. I mean, he won the game kind of a black sheep yeah. season, but he won. Yeah. I, well, you're talking to two people. You're talking to one person from BB15 and one from BB21. <laughs> oh, I mean, I was, I was telling Black McCray <laughs> that I'm like the BB15 apologist. And I think that BB21 had a great jury stage. Like, so we were kind uh, of talking about, I guess, uh, you know, things that would keep you entertained and to talk about. And for you, Kat, one of the major things was conspiracy theories. Yeah. And, uh, you know quite a range of beliefs uh, many of which i think you know you're spot on um so what's where does that sort of come from um okay so i don't really okay so i don't watch tv which is odd because i'm a reality star i guess but i love getting caught in like google rabbit holes so it really just like i never really embraced that i was like conspiracy theorist until i guess i was talking about it so much on the feeds and also like in the hoh lockdown when you're not allowed to talk about game i would like really be diving in because did you know that they were did you know that you were getting this edit or did you think that you were maybe no, getting this no, edit no. so so i would like talk about it every once in a while and they showed one conversation by the pool but then also like in the hoh room i'd really talk about it because i that's when you can like talk about like, the queen of england and like the like you know like pedophilia what, wait what do you mean you, can't not, <laughs> you were going into like prince andrew hell yeah yeah so but because i didn't want it to be aired and i was like i don't want you know i don't want to turn up yeah i am saying it on a podcast, oh my so. god cat yeah <laughs> we, uh, we need to watch out for you now i know but um no but i didn't realize that i was like not like the rest i guess um until then they called me in the diary room and they're like hey like we heard you talking you know out by the pool we've heard your conversations like you know tell us more about this i was like no i'm not gonna have people thinking that i'm some crazy girl and they were like no no no." and then it was i know who it was because it was what the producer that he uh that you know he does little bits he dressed up as al the alien and all that oh yeah, oh, yeah that guy yeah. Joseph. yeah yeah so um he was one of my favorites in the dr and he's the one he that seems was, like a like, character yeah, Oh yeah, and but he he likes conspiracies too. So he was the one sitting with me in the diary room, and he was like, "Oh, he's like, well, he's like, let's just talk about stuff." He's like, he's like, we don't even have to air. He's like, but I really like conspiracies, so like, let's just like talk. So the whole thing that they aired was literally like bits of like him and I's like banter back and forth. Oh man, and, yeah, and entrapment. I was, like, I was like, do not make me look like an idiot. Don't. <laughs> no, well, so, I mean, it was amazing. I think that's really that was the nice thing is you had such a well-defined character and i think that's you know they missed out big time on all stars because you don't find that with every people is like a well-defined character on reality shows and i think just the story editor that must be such a fun job to like take this raw stuff and say i've got to make storylines and i've got to make characters and this guy who the al the alien guy sounds like you know, he's a pro at it. He's like, you know, he, the, wrote for, or he also wrote for uh, like WWF and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what I read is that he's like, yeah. you know, he comes from that background, like a showman yeah. background. And yeah, you can tell uh, like Big Dick, Big Dick Johnson was Big Dick Johnson. Yes. Oh, yes. That was really, really it. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I just found out about that too. Don't, do so not Google funny. Big Dick Johnson. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, let me close the tab and then research it in, you know, safe mode. But uh, yeah. he sounds, he sounds like a great guy. Now, I'm surprised that my character actually turned out the way that it did, I guess. And really, I maybe that was like the like 
maybe that was what changed everything was me talking about conspiracies because I think that they fully expected me to come in and be like that plastic Barbie blonde because I'll be honest like I love like like whenever I'm wanting to look my best you know I'm a former pageant girl so I'll put on all the makeup bleach my hair I have fake boobs you know I think that they were wanting me to be that like oh yeah I mean I'll say as just a fan that's completely what I expected and I think Up until (laughs) I was, no, well, I'm a feed watcher. So like I was aware of it, but definitely I think watching the show and I'll tell you because you haven't even seen it. They really sort of at that point, I think you pivot to more of like, I guess like the baby face or there's got to be some wrestling terms that explain it well, but like you are the one people are rooting for. It's like you're in this underdog situation with Cliff, who's an older guy, who's a character himself, mm-hmm. and Nicole, who in that season was like an underdog. So it makes for a great story. And like, you know, a good arc. They Very like fish arc. out the story. And like I said, like you're made to be a protagonist up until you're evicted. Yeah. And, you know, and then, you know, you go to follow on social media and you see, yeah, this is, this person's great because they have the conspiracy. What are your favorite conspiracy theories? Okay, I love talking about aliens, which I don't even think is a conspiracy theory at this point because they're real. But um, I've recently been studying uh, ancient aliens in the Bible. And I got it. So I got a book about it, which is so interesting. And it's, I guess, this isn't even a conspiracy because it's real. But like how basically like Adam and Eve, you know, like, I mean, I don't know if y'all are Christians or I don't know what other religions. Oh, no, you're, you've. Go anywhere. uh, Yeah. But so I grew up Baptist. And of course, like there's a story about Adam and Eve and how like Eve ate the forbidden fruit and then whatever. Well, guess what, bitches? The forbidden fruit was actually like a a, a synonym or like a, what's it called? For her having sex with the serpent. (laughs) Metaphor, yeah. Having sex with the serpent. But the serpent was a reptilian alien. Oh, oh yes. So, yes. Yes. So, no, so it gets deeper. Okay, so Adam, so Adam and Eve, you know, so there's Adam and Eve, okay, so there's Adam and Eve and there's a serpent. You know, they like Eve goes and eats the forbidden fruit aka bangs the serpent. Then Eve is pregnant with two kids, Cain and Abel. Cain is evil and Cain killed Abel. Cain was the evil son of Eve and the serpent. Ooh. Abel was the pure the human. human whatever. Cain killed him. Then they had another third one named Seth, which is where all humanity comes from. Seth. But Cain is, but Cain depended, I know Seth is like the like, <laughs> most I mean, normal I name. But then, there, but then there's, but Cain is, I think, there's a lot of people who descended from Cain. Oh, yeah. Who, I, I always thought that was humanity's story, basically, that that's why we're imperfect is because we're descendants of Cain, because he lived. But, That's why we're half alien. Or not half, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, well, it's, in a way that I would rather, you could either be, so let's say you're either a descendant of Cain or you're a descendant of the serpent baby. So the serpent baby I mean, people Cain didn't commit evil. Baby. Yeah, but, Cain is the serpent baby. Seth, <laughs> the, like white dude named Seth. Yeah, um, this, is, this is my great, great, great grandfather, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Seth is the one who was all of the. Uh, all he was the, human. He's pure humans. human. Humans. Yeah. Anyways, okay. but it's fucking okay. wild. But there's so many other things like in the Bible. Also, how like oh, it's raining outside. Sorry, I made it. Um, but so also in the Bible, you hear like the how like when uh, Moses parted the water, parted the Red Sea, how they were led by a cloud. But actually, come to find out the 
when you, when something happened so many years ago in a different language and it's been translated years and years and years and years down the road, cloud probably, or could have potentially met UFO. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there's like a pillar of flame sometimes too. Yeah. There's cloud and pillar of flame. That's alien technology. If I've ever heard it. Yeah. (laughs) How do you, how do you think the immaculate conception happened with Jesus? It was aliens. (laughs) I'm so, not saying, yeah, saying the UFO, the, the smoke and flame UFO came back for round two. I know, right? I, I told my dad all this. I know. Yeah. I told my dad all of this, and he was like, "You really need to like set up a meeting with our pastor at our church." <laughs> you need <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, but no, but once. I, but the crazy thing is, so I grew up in like a Baptist school, went to a Baptist church, all of that. Like I'm, I'm going to heaven. Like I know, I'm, I know where I'm going. <laughs> but heaven's probably another planet but anyways we'll get to that later <laughs> but um but i i've always just kind of like on the surface believed but once i started reading ancient aliens in the bible then it started really making sense and i was like wait like and also when they like when they say that sorry i get on tangents whenever i get passionate. oh no this is actually oh, perfect okay. uh, this leads into also, what we wanted to talk about that like uh there in the bible it says that uh the the world the universe was made in god's likeness and of course like we can't really fathom what god is because it's you we, we know like it's he's not human but yeah. whenever you look at like the universe like the way that the stars are made up and the way that, like the nebulas are it actually re- it actually matches our dna oh yeah well, so it's, it's really it's, interesting to think of or i mean humans are made in god's likeness so like if you think of like god as the universe yeah and we're made like, of star stuff well i've always thought this yeah, I, i've crazy. always thought you know fractals like it's like broccoli florets like they expand they're the things that expand always in the shape of the original so mm-hmm. i, I kind of think that's what being made in god's image is is in some way everything is a representation of this original and yeah. we're kind of flowering out infinitely yeah so it's like all like super like extraterrestrial but the re- but it's kind of hard to understand because i feel like we and again, I don't walk, I, I feel like I, maybe I can, I'm not saying that I'm like smarter than anyone because I'm not, but I, I don't watch movies. So I don't watch like signs and ET and, uh, you, it, like, what are those, like, you know, alien movies. So you have I what's like, kind of, called beginner's mind in yeah. Zen meditation. It's this state of like, you, you're, you're purified in a way. You don't have the everything sort of muddying the waters for you. You've yeah. So like whenever I say like, oh, like, Jesus is an alien to like a person that watches signs. They're like, whoa, like he's not an alien. Like, no, like that's scary. It's like, no, like, it, like he is an extraterrestrial person clearly, but that doesn't mean that he's like gonna like come take over the world. Like, it's just, I think that there's a lot of. God by definition is no. extraterrestrial. Yeah. I, it, by, by definition. definition. <laughs> and also I would think, you know, Jesus's message is like sort of love everything. That includes aliens. If aliens come, oh, yeah. oh, I'm still going to be a Christian about it. Started on how uh, Baron Trump is a Nordic alien. Oh, Nordic alien. Love that. What yeah. so Nordic, actually, I'll say it really quick. So Nordic aliens are typically, and, and I'm not trying to make this political at all. So don't. No, 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 not at all. This is we're talking about organisms, living organisms. Yeah. We're scientists. Yeah, I'm just saying. So, <laughs> so Nordic aliens are also known as the tall whites. They're associated with like uh, ethereal. Is that how you say it? Like you know, beauty, intelligence, um, peace, 
I don't really know anything about Baron Trump. He seems like a pretty peaceful dude. You know, he just kind of sits there. And he's <laughs> he's the he's expert, also, as his T-shirt says. He's also 14 years old and like eight feet tall. Oh, I know. But his dimensions That's, are like, Yeah, oh, seriously, like, it is unnatural. Or I should say, it are, is not human. Yeah, and I'm, and we're not, and I'm not, and I tweeted this one time, and I got completely like attacked oh. by a bunch of Trumpers because I because they were like, "He's fucking you, monster!" Like, how dare you say he's an alien? I'm like, well, first of all, Nordic aliens are known to be very beautiful and intelligent, but okay. But, uh, like, I, like, I'm not saying it as like a like I'm not saying it as like a dig. I'm saying that I think he's an Nordic alien, and also there's a lot of people that believe that he's a time traveler because of that book yeah. that was written by. It was written back in the 1800s about Baron Trump's underground adventure. Yeah. What? I haven't, I haven't heard about really? that. Really? Yeah. So, there was, so there's a book. So there's two books written in the 1800s or maybe I think, yeah, the 1800s by some author, they wrote uh, a book called the last president. And it's basically the story of Donald Trump. It's about a guy who was like a celebrity that grew up in, yeah, look it up. It's fucking wild. <laughs> it yeah. really is. And so, but, the same, but the same author that wrote The Last President also wrote a book called Barron's Underground Adventure. And the illustration of this book looks like Baron Trump. And it's it just like, it's a little crazy. So if you believe in time travel. Oh, 100% I believe in time travel. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. Are insane. Yeah, yeah, the I've time traveled. I have time traveled before. I will say it. Ooh. I've time traveled before. You're a, you're a dimension jumper. Yeah, so it doesn't work the way people think. Basically, oh, oh I, I'll p explain. In a way, you know, it, it's really hard to explain, but you're able to, your memories sink in a way that okay. across, across time, you can travel to old memories or when you experience deja vu, it's because- I've never you, experienced deja vu. You're missing out. You're missing out. No, so I, I have no. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, that's because in the, it's an echo- from the future because everything that is ever going to happen has already happened in my opinion it's mm -hmm. all because everything only happens once the things that will happen have already happened in the sense that they are only ever going to be that mm -hmm. well you so, know that they, discovered, they discovered a portal to a parallel universe in antarctica really so how am i, how am I informing you of all this stuff <laughs> i gotta say i gotta say i have a very deep spiritual connection to antarctica because my Great grandpa was an Antarctic explorer and has a mountain there named after him. So remember, yeah, remember, oh, oh remember when I'm an enlightened you. being? Yes, right. you are. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I'm so sorry I interrupted your. Okay, no, this is well. Okay, so Antarctica, you know about Antarctica, right? Well, it, I know a little bit about it, Antarctica. So I know over. It's, 70% of it, they don't allow planes to travel over. Like, there's a no-fly zone. Um, first of all, the Pope randomly goes and visits. Really? Um, I think it was John Kerry went to go visit, like, an impromptu trip to Antarctica the day before the election last year. Like, who goes to Antarctica? That was our whole Instagram. That was our Instagram where we talked about the guy that flew over Antarctica and then flew into the center of the Earth and then met a bunch of aliens at the center of the Earth. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to expose myself as the huge loser. Area, but. Area 51 is a facade for where they keep the aliens. The aliens aren't in Area 51; they're in Antarctica. I'm going to expose myself as a huge loser with this one, but the famous anime Neon Genesis Evangelion like major major disastrous everything that has to do with creation it all starts in antarctica so i think this does make a lot of sense and i might be an alien through antarctica i think so. are, your eyes are your eyes brown yes 
Round so most alien so usually so McCray might be one. Uh, a lot of people that are descendants of aliens have blue or green eyes. Mm, maybe we're the aliens and you're the human. Yeah, wait a minute. Maybe I'm like that. the only person who's from Earth because everybody else is the reptile. Yeah. I'm somehow well, separate no, from that. I don't. So I don't know where the, okay, so I have it. Okay, wow. We need to have a whole other podcast. For this. <laughs> I know. We need to just like write this down okay, as more. So, okay, so after because I like to. I consider myself an expert in this field now. I read one book about it. <laughs> but, okay, so so there's different types of aliens. I think that the Nordic aliens that are, like, the tall whites, whenever, and you know, in the Bible, they talk about aliens, and the way that they describe angels, I mean, so in the Bible, whenever they talk about angels, the way that they describe them are exactly how the Nordic aliens are described. Like, they're tall, they're, uh, their skin, you know, is pale, their hair is white, like, and they're very, like, Oh, like angelic. angelic yeah. But then there's the reptilians, or there's like the demons, aka reptilians, because the serpent who was the devil yeah. was a reptilian. I think that there's two different kinds. So there's the serpent the evil, Cain. There's yeah, it's so there's Cain's father. Evil, like reptilian serpent type. Of. Also, by the way, look up uh if you're if you're intrigued by this, uh look up the Vatican uh serpent imagery. Oh, Trust me, I am. If I, if I if I turn up missing uh, tonight, I live on my. Oh yeah, no, definitely the Prince Andrew thing. I think you're. A <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, but oh, but no. I'm not suicidal, so if I go missing, <laughs> investigate. I've never. What the heck? The post reptilian audience right. hall. It is beautiful, really. It's beautiful, but it's a wow. it's a fucking snake. That's the <laughs> image of him under the tree. Like and at the top, the reptiles that, observing. That, that, so that so that uh, sculpture, if you look at it, if you cover half of it, half of it is a human. Now cover the other half, and half of it is a reptilian. Wait, <laughs> this is it, it's yeah. beautiful so though. That, like. So it's beautiful, yeah, but it's it's half snake, half human. We'll put that in the show notes, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so this kind of leads into really the main reason we wanted you above anybody else is because you know you are onto the truth. You're onto things most people aren't onto, and we're recording two and four um, a cult um, led by a gentleman named Bug Maine. I've heard, McCray um, has told me about this. Yes, so Bug Maine, and a lot of what you said echoes Bug Maine. You said. It's as possible as anything. Like, you know, Baron Trump could be an alien. Whatever. Like, it anything can happen. And what if it's with the aliens and the Bible? It could just be a metaphor. Like, it's a metaphor, but it's a lesson we all need to learn. Mm -hmm. And his is sort of about there. And you've touched this a little bit that we're in a simulation. Simulations are, in fact, very important to our existence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you you watch The Matrix, right? I watched it. I actually watched it for the first time like a couple uh, weeks ago. Oh, That's, really? It's an amazing movie. I know. Okay, well, I watched it right after the government came out and said that we're living in a simulation. So, like, fuck, <laughs> have you read the? Uh, have you read like the queer theory analysis of it? Because uh, maybe I, if I did, it was I didn't know what I was reading. It's it's interesting. Both it, when it was made, it was directed by people who were at the time identifying as male, but both are now identifying as female and there's just it's so clearly everything in this movie is about transgender identity and you know i think that is just identity is sort yeah. of what you really are versus this fake world and this fake world can be painful but yeah. bugman basically saying that 
there's a major event, like this black sheep event for us, 100% of Americans witnessed in some way 9-11. 9-11 changed everything. There was nobody who could have avoided it. And so that was really what knocked us out of a Matrix-style stasis. We were like in the battery pod like Neo was. That was, remember how he like wakes up in the pod and they're using him as a battery? So we were were in that until 9-11. And so everything that was, that happened prior to that are like implanted memories of ours. And so I don't know if you've noticed, but over the last 20 years or so, there's basically been four movies that keep getting remade. Harry no, Potter, I know, I know. Yeah, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, and Marvel movies. And now they're remaking the Disney movies. And guess what's, oh, what shit. all those things yes. have in common? Guess what all these things have in common? The date they were made was before 9-11, 2001. These are things that they are part of what was being injected into our memories when we were in that initial stimulation phase. And we like crave it because that things were more easygoing back then. I think everybody who remembers life prior to 9-11 would agree it was, you could be blissfully ignorant. I was 11, so I don't really remember it. <laughs> well, that's a, I was nine and 11, what the? So do you remember, <laughs> do you remember like, anything before 9-11? Because I don't. I vaguely do. It, well, I mean, it was also childhood. So I was like, it was happy because it was childhood. Yeah, like, true. Um, but I think people like my parents, boomers at the time, I think they would have said everything you would have been like blissfully ignorant about things. The economy was doing well. We were at war, but people didn't really know it like publicly yeah. that we were doing these things. Yeah. Um, but this, I guess without, without going too much into the AI revolution and all that, the, the singularity is eventually, you know, we're going to reach this point where technology and like AI is going to think smarter than humans. Like we will be building artificial intelligence that can go above humanity. And then once they can do that, the exponential growth will just be like, we automatically enter the future in sort of like this perfect state together with everything. Yeah. But am I the only one that's like, let's just not do the whole robot thing, you know? Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. I mean, I think there's a genuine concern. It's taking jobs. Like truly yeah. people are poor yeah. because of robots. And like, Stephen Hawking, uh, before he died, he said that if he was like, pretending to be a robot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had said once they start uh, pursuing uh, artificial intelligence, well, it'll be the end of mankind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I getting at the end. Yeah, everyone was like, "Oh, he's joking." Like he didn't mean it. Like, no, guys. No, I truly genius. Like, let's listen to what he said. Like, let's not create the. the also, he's on the flight logs, right? Yes, that's the weirdest thing. He's, on, he's the, on the Epstein, Epstein flight, flight logs. Yes. But, okay, well, so there's a future... There's, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> there's a futurologist, uh, this dude who's been accurately predicting stuff, like, in the future since, like, the 80s. His name is Ray Kurzweil. Um, oh, yeah, so Kurzweil. He, Kurzweil, yeah. He talks about how, um, you know, there is a lot of fear from people about AI and stuff like that. But what his theory is, is that AI will start to become intelligent, and then they will start to upgrade themselves and they will upgrade themselves to a certain point where they will top out. And then the only way for them to get past that is they have to make us smarter. So then they'll bring us up to their level. And then it will be like, that will be the, you know, singularity. And then yeah. everything. I think, I think like what he's Elon, trying to desensitize us to. <laughs> I think part of what. already working for him. No, I think like, part of what the like true simulation thinkers are worried about is like you were saying things progress exponentially and that our simulations don't have the memory to handle it. 
like we may need to develop more memory, which, you know, the human brain could like, these computers are a fraction of the power of the human brain, but we will oh, just yeah. for a fact, we'll reach we that. We just don't know point. how to tap into the, our oh, full potential. Yeah. That's a crazy thing. It's like, you know, I, I go to a therapist, psychologist, whatever. They don't know what they're talking about. They know if you do this, this will happen, but they don't know what happens in between. It's true. They, they can't see it happen. Mm-hmm. Because it's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we don't even, as humans, we don't even tap into. But I also think that technology makes us dumb a little bit. Like, Oh, yeah. I, I used to be I such a good speller, but autocorrect. I'm terrible. Yeah, like, who needs to know how to spell now? Yeah, true. <laughs> when I was in the Big Brother house and I didn't have my phone on me and I couldn't Google things, like I had to dig in my like so subconscious to try to figure stuff out. That Doesn't stuff. that feel good though? Like, yeah, it, yeah, it's satisfying, like, but it's also annoying when you cannot okay, it, figure it out. You know when you have something on the tip of your tongue and like you could just Google it? I always like to savor those moments for as long as I can to try to figure it out myself because that aha moment is so, it's the perfect nut. Sorry. In the big brother house. Cause that's all we do. Oh, so that's all we do is think, <laughs> sit there and think. Basically. Yeah. I mean, actually here's my, here's my final question, Kat. What? Now that I've explained this to you, do you want to join our cult? Hey everybody. It's McCray back again. I just want to say that uh, I cut it off. Cat's uh, answer, so uh, you have to find the full version. Um, and if you like our show, please uh, make sure you give us a good rating. Um, Man, all right, Cat. Uh, well, thank you very much. This is yeah, thank you. Where can uh, where can they find you again? Yeah, uh, plug your Twitter, plug your podcast. Oh. Um, follow me on Twitter. It's at it's Catherine Dunn. So I T S Catherine Dunn. Um, Instagram is just Cat Dunn, and then my podcast is Conspire Away Bitches. And it's available wherever podcasts are found. Excellent. Amazing stuff. I, yeah, I co-sign on all that. Even if you're not a BB fan, Kat is just, as you can tell, a genius. On behalf of Dr. 5G, my name is McCray Olson. We hope you enjoyed Biz Buzzer. Bye. Today on the Pepsi Boys. Honestly, I don't know why we, we haven't given up yet. I'm from New York. I'm walking here. A little bit of a throw hit. This and more. Get excited. Good afternoon, Sharks, and welcome to the Pepsi Boys. We plan to be your premier soda podcast on the Buzzcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Dean, and joining me, I have... I'm Gabe. Hey, Les. Wow, guys, here we are on the Buzzcast pilot. Um, some tough competition in front of us today, huh? Honestly, I don't know why we've given up. we haven't given up yet. Based on what I've heard thus far, uh, you know, you got podcasts having really good conversations about like uh, um, you know insightful topics. You have another podcast that's promoting like goodness in the world. Um, what are we doing? Yeah, but hey, everyone likes soda. Everybody does like soda. That's true, and not everyone likes listening to uh, Eli piss. So well, we'll see what happens. His, I, I guess, just shout out to Eli. His seven minutes of fake ads <laughs> <laughs> they aren't fake the stamps.com one i checked and it was legit are you serious yes oh my i don't gosh. know eli is working like next level i mean he doesn't he doesn't need a podcast he's he's the richest man in in the bugs slurp fam i believe in tennessee so, at least yeah for sure that's his prestige is uh the 
all of the all of the coupon codes work. Yeah, that's how he's made all of that money. I shouldn't speak ill of Eli. I really don't know him very well, but I, I I've heard that he's I've heard that he's got a lot of a lot of cash. So maybe we should try to get on his good side. We should absolutely get on his good side. We've actually already been running, so we we've had a quite a few episodes already. Uh, so. For new listeners, thanks so much for giving us a chance. And for our old listeners, hey. Welcome back. Welcome back, yeah. Um, if you're hearing this, Monsanto has not gotten to us yet. So far, yeah. We're all still above the ground. None of us have had to go into our bunkers or been buried alive. Well, is anyone in their bunker? <laughs> buried alive in, in uh, GMO-treated uh, soil by Monsanto. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. The ghost of Gabe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm Very speaking spooky. to you for an undisclosed location in south dakota oh well uh we usually kind of start things off with uh what do, what are we what are we drinking lately you know what i'm gonna take the lead because i got something really weird at 7-eleven you know i always like soda but now that we started the podcast i'm like hyper aware of soda and so i always am checking and i found crush sour patch kids berry flavored Ooh. Uh, it is blue the most natural color yeah blue one to be specific okay so not not the one that will give me asthma or whatever right um but i i, I haven't tried it yet but I'm, I'm gonna do it during the course of this podcast are you gonna are you gonna crack it open yeah let's give it a quick crack oh boy that's strong smell <laughs> as you as you as you will kind of find out with the uh you have to let soda breathe it's like red wine right it's it's oh made god. to be decanted oh my god that is sour <laughs> But no, but no quinine, though, huh? No, 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 no quinine. No throat hit. Do you like uh, Sour Patch Kids normally? Yes, but it's such a weird flavor to choose because berry isn't even like a traditional Sour Patch Kid flavor. No, I always think, you know, obviously like lemon, lime, orange, whatever. Yeah, That's, and like yeah. cherry or something. But but berry, I mean, I've seen watermelon before. I've seen a berry flavored one. Uh, really? It's really sour. That makes I'm sense. I'm not liking it too much. That's my verdict so far. Now, Les, you you come in with the expertise of, of base flavors. What would a base flavor have to have in order to be like super sour or give you that sour taste? Uh, yeah, there's actually a separate chemical, well, you know, flavoring, I should say, that they sell that's meant for doing that. So yeah, specifically, it's a it's a flavor you would add to get the sour. I would love to have like a, a challenge soda where it's just like the most like a warhead soda. That'd be insanity by far the most sour soda i've ever had so congrats on that i guess you know good job sour patch kids living up to the name all right what about you guys what are you uh sipping last night i tried a couple of the ramu bottle sodas from uh sangria nice so i tried the strawberry one which now i should clarify too this isn't the glass bottle fancy one with a bead up in the top and everything yep those are the ones i grew up with yeah, this is this is like a new one they make, like an aluminum bottle that I found. Yeah, it looked really cool. Oh, oh, and it did actually have a uh, plastic warning on it, thanks to California. Yep. I found that interesting. California yeah. will cause um, cancer. So the, the strawberry one, really good strawberry. There were like four, maybe five ingredients in that thing. There was like, you know, the flavoring and the water and the sugar and like a couple small preservatives, but minimal. So it was, it was kind of a good soda in that sense. Lots of sugar. Holy crap. Yep. Uh, and then Velvet actually grabbed the melon flavor, which I don't, for the record, I don't like melon flavors, period. Wow. That really worked. I don't know if it was the, the, the sugar dose or what was going on there, but it definitely worked for me. Hmm. Nice. I'll check that out. I haven't had uh, Ramoon. How do you say it? Ramu. Yeah. Ramu. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I don't want to chance it as a 
dumb idiot, but uh, it sounds it sounds cool. The uh, the glass bottles with the bead on top. I, I I'm a very like experiential. Like I I'm a sucker for good packaging. I and I am fully aware of this. Like it could be like a cheap product, but like if it's got a really good nice packaging, I'm like mm-hmm. I'm a sucker. I will hook line and sinker. So the Rami bottles with the with the little so you, you get this bead on top that's like tucked in there by the the carbonation or the the taking all the air out and you take mm-hmm. this cap off and you have to press it down and it gets this like really like cool tactile feel. It's 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 awesome. I don't even know if there's a uh, if there's like a benefit to sealing it that way, but it's it's great. I love it. And um, I've only had the original flavor, which uh, less is like a. I, I'm remembering it's like like a like a citrusy, but kind of like a melony vibe or something like that. Yeah, and this actually we didn't grab that one, but they did have it there in this format because it's the same company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So same exact people making this new product that doesn't have the glass ball and everything up top. So I'll probably snag that next time just to get a little nostalgia going. Yep. Well, I tried the new uh, Rain Body Fuel. I guess it's like an island flavor. Uh, Lilikoi lychee. And so Lilikoi is the passion fruit, right? Yeah, I think that's another name for it. Yep. Yeah. Um, really, really good. Um, I, you know, uh, I, I know we're all supposed to have allegiance to Rain Body Fuel, but I'll, I'll be honest. Like, it tastes the least... It tastes the, the least amount of chemicals. And granted, I know it's chemicals, but I, it tastes the least amount. Like, if I ever drink a monster, like, I feel like I'm essentially, like, one step away from drinking chlorine. Um, you know, so I, I, I liked it. It was really good, really good flavor. That's, that's, I'm glad. I'm, I know that, you know, they don't, they don't have a ton of, actually, they have a good amount of flavors, but I think it's, this is the first flavor I've seen them introduce since I've been a, a consumer of rain. And uh, I'm excited for them. And I, I hope Island Franklin is is really enjoying this as well, uh, who happens to be the president of the Buzzcast Network, uh, for which we are applying. So, uh, hello, Island Franklin. Do we know who the vice president is? Like, if somebody takes Franklin out, who like steps up? I think it's probably like Uncle Howard. Okay. Okay. And that would be some chaos. That would be. It'd be like Mike Pence taking over. No, I think it'd be the opposite. It'd be like if Mike Pence was the president and then he died and then Donald Trump took over. <laughs> oh, man. That's true. Not to compare oh. either of them to those horrible uh, fascist no. monsters. Oh my but gosh. just a little bit. Yeah, just a touch. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, how many times can we get disqualified in this pilot? I just want to know. Yeah, I think a few times uh, for sure. Well, uh, we've got a little bit of a uh, different segment for you. We are usually, um, we have no problem filling an hour. Let's just admit it. We, we like to talk. Uh, so in a half hour, we're kind of going to approach this a little different. We're going we're gonna to talk to you guys about three defunct or mostly defunct soda brands. Um, and these, you know, I think some of these are pretty interesting and there are so many more. So if you like this, you're going to hear more in the future as well. Uh, and the first one up is actually um, a creation from 1987 uh, into 88. It is the Hubba Bubba Bubblegum Soda. Oh, my gosh. Um, now, I'm not remembering if I've ever had Hubba Bubba Bubblegum, but I'm imagining it just tastes like bubblegum, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's the intention. Um, it was actually created um, by a film producer named Steve Rader. Uh, he used snow cone flavoring, uh, bubblegum snow cone flavoring. So less, I mean, if you're taking notes, that's the... Yeah, right. <laughs> and he, so he actually um, pitched this to Wrigley, I believe, who owned Hubba Bubba. And Wrigley was like, okay, yeah, sounds good. Um and so they sold it through A.J. Canfield. Now, A.J. Canfield is a very interesting soda brand. They are most popular for their diet chocolate fudge soda. Oh, that's um, right. The one you posted the other day. And I, I, you know, I came into this wanting to do diet chocolate fudge soda, but you can still buy diet chocolate fudge soda. So can you really? I, I did not use it. It's expensive. I'm assuming if you're near uh, Elgin, Illinois, where AJ Canfield is located, you probably could get it for cheaper. But yeah, in um... shout out to Illinois right now. If you can get your your hands on one, please do. Oh wow. Okay, so it's actually the production of the diet chocolate fudge is actually handled by a subsidiary of Keurig Dr Pepper. So they oh, aren't independent anymore either. But anyway, yeah. back to the bubblegum. So this soda came in uh, regular flavor and diet. It seems like AJ Canfield uh, loves a diet soda. The creator of a the the founder of AJ Canfield. Um, was all about diet stuff. Uh, he was like a big time dieter, and this was in the 70s when he introduced the diet chocolate fudge. So, you know, fad diets were kind of really coming into their own there. Especially when you could diet and have chocolate fudge in a soda. Yeah. And so back when Hubba Bubba was around, it only had about two years of life on the shelves. Uh, it was the diet was sweetened with NutraSweet which I believe doesn't do anything bad to you. Yeah. Um, you it's know, perfectly healthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, it's just, you know, pink and, and very garish in color. Garish. Is that a word? No, I don't even fucking know. It is now. I'm pretty sure it is. I went to school for these things, words anyway. Um, so it, it launched in Chicago, uh, you know, it's like a test market and kids loved it. Of course. They did. Um, well, yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, everybody, you know, the eighties around this time were a, a kind of a experimentation point for soda. There was also like briefly in this kind of, in this time, like the lifesaver soda. So there were a lot of like candy based sodas. It, it, yeah, it, it found some good success. I have an article from the Chicago Tribune from March 23rd, 1988. That's just sort of singing the praises of, Hubba Bubba. So, really? Yeah. Now you and, can't. Now you can't buy this anymore, right? No, not at all. It it has not been. You know, it never got revived. Not even for like a a very short nostalgia stint. Um, but you know, kids also. You know, I don't think that they're the biggest soda consumer anymore. So I don't. You know, I think the nostalgia is the only thing you're gonna get. Uh, yeah, it's basically it's only us like adults that are like, you know, in our mid 30s that are like, oh, I remember that. I want that again. That's it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'd be willing to try this, although, um, you know, there are some other bu bubblegum sodas out there. I know Jones makes a blue bubblegum flavor. Right. right. Um, the most natural color. Yeah. The most natural color of bubblegum, too. <laughs> so, yeah, this did not last long. It ran about two years. Uh, 
we're going to play just a little bit of this commercial. So this is the only commercial I've found for the product. I think it was the limited one. Um, and it was just kind of showing a lot of kids at a, an old fashioned diner. So let's go ahead and go ahead and listen. I love how like this diner exists nowhere, not even in the eighties. Oh no. I mean, I think it's probably the same diner from Back to the Future. Although I will say they have a they have a boy in a pink shoes and a pink jacket. Like I, I love the inclusivity here and the progressiveness. Oh yeah, hubba bubba. Um, yeah. So that was just you know it's a nice little uh trip down memory lane lane. That weird uh, I mean, is weird as hell. Yeah, I'm just going back to the guy with the bow tie. Yep. Over, oh over yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's yeah. probably like a year older than everyone else. Like he's not very old either. Oh, it's um, weird. And then, so I just have one more clip for you, and it is, I guess, I really don't know. When I was googling this, I found this. The it's a song. The image is just one of the cans, probably from an eBay listing. It looks rusted and and like, you know, in the top there. Uh, it's a very weird song. It's got like a Beach Boys kind of surf rock feel, and it's just about Hubba Bubba Soda. Man, this band knows this band knows four chords. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that is punk for you. <laughs> That's true. You're so right. <laughs> I mean, I truly, you know, I cannot place when this was created. Uh. Um, you know, the the video was posted in 2012, uh, and the, and the. The lyrics are all right there. Fruit-flavored soda pops are so boring, sad. Let's try the only drink that tastes like bubble gum. Around the town, we ride our bikes, and urethane will burn. Urethane um, will burn. <laughs> yeah, I don't... So poetic. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah, I mean, they're, a, they're basically a surf rock, surf punk band. I'm looking them up right now. Okay, Delmar. Yeah, they literally have this one album that this is off of from the look of it. Okay. And, uh, it was back in 96. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, so it. they were yeah. only about eight years, you know, about, well, six to eight years removed from when Hubba Bubba was an actual thing. Yeah. And they're going to try and find the rest of these songs because it was only on cassette. And they're uh, contemporaries of uh, our favorite band, uh, our favorite new metal band, Sev, 1996. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> really the height of music. Really right. the height of music. Although I doubt they got paid for this. You know. <laughs> well, I'm let's. Not saying in general, I'm saying by Hubba Bubba. Yeah. Know, but, but it's, you know. Yeah, doubtful. Well, let's get on to the next soda, guys. Well, I'm bringing you one from the brand Sobe. Okay, so have you guys ever had any Sobe beverage? <sighs> oh yeah, sure. Is okay. Arnold Palmer? Thing. No, it's not. I don't know no, that I've had not. Sobe. Sobe. So. So interestingly enough, we kind of started talking about doing this podcast. Uh, I think we were talking about if anybody has ever actually drank a Sobe beverage, um, which got us rolling on doing this podcast. So Sobe, we have a lot to thank you for. Yep, and um, I still haven't drank one. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody <laughs> has. Um, Sobe is hilarious because it actually stands for um, South Beach Beverage Company. Um, South Beach being Florida. Um, and I, I want you guys to think when I say the word South Beach Beverage Company, where do you think of? Uh, I don't know, California, California? came to mind. Yeah, yeah. You think of like some place like you know, bright and sunny and beachy, right? Yeah. Well, 
These guys are from Norwalk, Connecticut, which for them all is not located anywhere near a south or a beach. So, so they they come. These two guys come up with this company, and they're it's going to be different. Uh, it's going to be a different kind of uh, uh, drink uh, company because they're going to start putting stuff in there uh, called uh, like ginseng and guarana and ginkgo. And if you remember anything about um, the this was they they founded it in 1996. If you remember anything about like the late 90s early 2000s everything was about ginkgo biloba and ginseng like all this stuff and so they were putting this all into their beverages well um as as these things happen with popular independent beverage companies as we've come to find out they get bought out in 2000 by pepsi okay how much do you think pepsi bought sobe beverage company in the year 2000 uh 1.2 million 1.2 million okay less so an entire buyout huh uh 90 percent technically 90 percent. okay so i don't know i'm gonna shoot a little higher because we're talking 2000 yeah yeah i'm gonna say like it's probably still low but five mil five mil. okay 370 million dollars what the f- <laughs> what yeah i was yeah. off yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And so, like, and so Sobe was doing this thing, especially because it was the early 2000s. Um, you know, everything needed to be extreme. Everything needed to be, like, you know, you know, out there and, like, just, you know, rap and rock music and, you know, all this stuff. Um, so Sobe, um, it, you know, their whole thing is this lizard guy, right? That's their whole thing. And, and part of the, one of their commercials was, like, you drain, like, uh, uh, their tagline was drain the lizard. What's up, bro? Train the lizard, right. which is oh. the best, which is the best drink tagline ever. It's pissing. It, yeah, essentially. No, that's um, it's pissing. <laughs> no man, it's so bad. So bad is piss. The other, the other, the other fun, uh, the other fun uh, uh, tagline is so so be so be yourself. So it's all the independence, man, and don't do what everybody else is doing, man, and the whole thing. Well. You know, following along in their, you know, fight the power footsteps, they get up, they get bought out by Pepsi. And Pepsi doesn't have a competitor with Dr. Pepper. So they come up with a soda. They come up with their first soda called Mr. Green. Um, and um, I, have you guys ever had this? I remember distinctly no. having this a few times. Never heard Les, of it. how about you? Which one was it now? Mr. Green. I think I saw that one, but passed up on it. Like I remember seeing it on the shelf. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it. So essentially, it was the Dr Pepper almost ripoff. And the thing that set it apart from so many things, which probably made it a very unappetizing, is this distinct green tint. It looks like. Um, have you ever? Wasn't have you it, ever? Wasn't it really dark? It's very dark. It was extraordinarily okay. dark. Have you ever? I don't know if you guys have ever worked on your cars, but have you ever had like rust inside of your like antifreeze? Yeah. Uh, and it gets to the dark. It's like it's like super green and neon, but then if you take it out, it's like very like orangish dark green. That was this color. Um, and so, I can only imagine that nobody ever wanted to actually. Uh, actually drink this stuff um but what they tried to do because sobe was all about the sobe's brand now is all about being like life water and like super healthy and like teas and stuff like that so what they did to set this apart from dr pepper was to put 
ginseng in it because the moment you put ginseng in something, it becomes healthy and you should drink this. Um, but of course, it, it failed. Um, not, nobody really wanted to drink this as opposed to Dr. Pepper, who, by the way, had been around since, what did we discuss? The 1800s. Yeah. Um, so you can't really dethrone Dr. Pepper with this random, weird, uh, like green, oddly colored drink. Um, but it was it, it, it was sold. They sold it for uh, I think three years or so, and, and then it is it is gone. Um, it is gone from any uh, any other place uh, in mention uh, on their website. Um, but I will tell you that I tried to join the Sobe newsletter and I uh, tried to jo- get a Sobe T-shirt. And uh, man, their website's a mess. I uh, I cannot do any of that. So uh, I, I I'm getting a Sobe T-shirt eventually. So me get your shit together. I know. So Come the last on, so time they updated the website was probably when the sale to Pepsi happened. Is what you're saying? <laughs> no, it says copyright 2020. So, uh, so big. I need a shirt. Is what I'm saying. So big. Give this man a shirt. Give this. Give this man a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Well, two down, one to go. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one that's kind of a. I'd call it a zombie, more than something that's. Outright, yeah, you cheated. Gone. You cheated. Um, you broke the rules. I did cheat a little bit, but you know, this, it's something that's it's near and dear to my heart here. This is original New York seltzer. Okay, so yeah. I very clearly remember as a kid, you know, you go in and your mom or your dad or whoever, or both of them, if you're lucky, they're they're uh, you know, let you pick a soda or whatever, candy bar, and then get back out on the road. And, and these things always stood out on the shelf because what you have back in like the you know late 80s early 90s you had like the big four mm-hmm. you know coke pepsi dr pepper mountain dew also not a lot of glass and, and that's the thing is these stood out like these bottles were like rainbow you know i'm, I'm looking at them now uh, and that's a little bit of a spoiler but they are actually back on the market they're they were a clear soda no caffeine okay so you know being a kid different story than these days you know i kind of need that in my drinks at this point but I would still give them a pass today because they use real sugar. It's different. It's different. I mean, you know, like we talked about in some of the previous episodes, everything now is high fructose corn syrup. Everything. Yeah. And it's like a special event when one of the big four brings something back to the market with real sugar. Now, you know, so here's yeah. something: most seltzers, do they even use sugar at all? They don't. They aren't they even don't. very sweet. And that's something else different about this. Yeah. These these were really sweet. I mean, it was almost like having a slushy without it being a slushy. Yep, this is exactly what it was. That sounds yeah. totally yeah. delicious. So, and, and yeah, and I mean, the flavors, you know, they brought back all the originals. So all those are in the stack. If you remember them from back in the day, they're still there. They're still the same. They still use real sugar. Nothing's changed with their formula at all. They also went into a little bit of competition with the, the market that LaCroix cornered with their seltzers that don't use sugar. The original New York seltzer got smart, and they're like, well, we did this back in the 80s. Yep. So we can we can do it now without sugar probably better than you guys and they they brought out i think eight or ten flavors to the market in that line as well but the one that i was really always hype on when i was a kid it was blueberry soda mm-hmm. you yep. never see those you no. just don't see them enough you know i'm at the point now where you know and you guys have brought it up a little bit in past episodes and tonight you know with some of the things i know about flavorings from other industries i've worked in like i really think i could nail that but you know seeing it back on the shelf from these guys they're the ones who would have put that idea in my head way back to you know always look for that is there, is there a blueberry anywhere and no there's usually not i think maybe that brand you mentioned earlier gabe also makes one jones i think yep. they might have a good blueberry but yeah you know so you know stuff like Concord grape again i'll pretty much drink anything that's Concord grape they've got a great one in their lineup mm. uh their vanilla cream soda is probably the best cream soda i've ever had in my life it wow. really is caffeine uh, and, or not. and yeah. what i remember distinctly about new york seltzer is it like really good 
fizz, which I think is missing a lot of really sweet sodas, is like the sweetness is not offset by the really good like fizzy, celery kind of flavor. A little bit of a throat hit. Yeah, oh, you might say a throat hit. Yeah. yeah. See, well, I'm back I'm on, yeah, back on target. I'm from New York. I'm walking here and I, you know, I have never seen New York seltzer. Uh, but I don't believe it's even made here. It's not. It's actually um California originally. Those motherfuckers. Uh, yeah, we take oh, everything. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of the 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 branding thing going on there. Yeah, similar yeah. to Sobe. Yep. Yep. <laughs> see. Right back but around. but the thing is is like it's because Connecticut is not interesting. That's why you come up with South Beach. Well, is it's not Walnut like, California? Uh, no, Walnut California is is extraordinarily uninteresting as being there a few times. Well, that's the home of New York Seltzer. It yeah, is. but like yeah, we could have been like California Seltzer. Come on, New York Seltzer. Yeah, I don't know what it would have been about New York in like the the eighties and nineties that was so appealing. Well, I will say like New York has is is in, like Seltzer's ingrained. I feel like into New York's mm. history. Like, it is. I was just gonna say that's that's a really big thing, um, which ties in with some of the Coke episode. Um, it was like a high society thing to have access to carbonated water, seltzer water. And it was a big thing in the New York circles mm. uh, before these companies started actually trying to branch out and get the cost down to get it out to the public. So you're right. And that's probably what the nod was in this branding from these guys from California. Oh, by the way, it was run by a father and son. Um, I didn't check status on those guys and see if they're still around or still with the company. But, you know, everything is exactly as it was when it shut down in 94. Hmm. So it went from 81 to 94 and then it didn't pop back up again until 2015. Yeah. So you're talking about 21 years there? There are so many sodas out there. When we first started this podcast, I was like, you know, we're, oh, we're going to have to start talking about, like, you know, uh, just, like, other kinds of drinks, like Gatorade, you know, um, non-carbonated beverages. Because there's tons of those in pop culture as well, and we're definitely not going to exclude them. But after, like, doing a, a cursory amount of research into, like, defunct sodas, we could talk about soda for, like, seven years and never repeat ourselves. Yeah, it's kind of odd how deep the catalog is. I didn't expect that either. Yeah, I mean, and that and that and that is our promise. We will talk about soda for seven years. <laughs> yes, on our three hundred and fifty something episode, we'll um we'll start talking. We'll talk about like ecto cooler or whatever. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, there you have it. Three sodas, two totally gone. One still kicking you can um, actually buy it which is which is which you absolutely should yeah and you can buy like old cans of hubba bubba on ebay uh most of them are like rusted out or drained mercifully um <laughs> the listings <laughs> mercifully the mercy killing the listings are wild i mean some are like 3900 dollars, and then some are like yeah give me like 40 or best offer well thank you guys so much we are the Pepsi boys um I am Dean, a.k.a. Mr. E-Man69 on Twitter. Uh, I am Gabe, uh, a.k.a. Magusto Carney on Twitter. Well, you can also find us uh, at the Pepsi Boys on Twitter. Uh, please interact with us. Uh, give us a call on our voicemail at 402-704-SODA. Again, that's 402-704-7632. Uh, we'd love to hear... Shout out Omaha, Nebraska, by the way. Oh, yeah. The official home of the Pepsi Boys. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, this was a blast.